0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I can't believe I'm saying this. Welcome to episode 20, two zero of Have You Seen That with T, and I am your host. I am T, otherwise known as Terrence. Uh, let's get right into it. So this week, uh, I said last week I was going to go see Memory with Liam Neeson, and I did not. Uh, my friday turned into to be way more of a hectic day than i expected it to be had a great lunch with an old friend talked quite a bit about our families about our children about retirement it was a great 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 lunch with a great friend of mine um so i didn't get a chance to go see a uh, memory with liam neeson didn't want to spend the whole day out and then go into the movies. Uh, and didn't get to spend some time with the family, so uh, yeah, I guess I'll catch it on demand. Speaking of on demand, uh, I saw that Firestarter, which is coming out week after next, uh, it's going to drop on Peacock, which is a big plus. Um, I was going to go see that in the theaters, but I will definitely watch that on, on Peacock at, in the comfort of my own home. Firestarter starring uh zach efron who's really turned out to be a great young actor um but that's coming out on may 13th if i'm not mistaken and that'll be dropping on peacock and that was my one and only movie plug for this week uh well no that's not gonna be my one and only movie plug we're gonna end it with a with a big movie plug at the end of this episode uh so since i didn't go see memory starring liam neeson this kind of this kind of uh really would would have drove me to to do this topic anyway uh so for the last two weeks i've done the 80s i've done the 90s that's my lifetime of movies i'm not really gonna go back and do the 70s because i haven't uh really I, i didn't really watch 70s movies like that you know uh most of the movies i thought was made in the 70s uh was made in the 80s mostly you know those movies based in the 70s were made in the 80s because People just living their life in the 70s, you know, living free, going to Studio 54 and stuff like that. So this week we are going to wrap up the action movie trilogy with the 2000s, 2000s and the 2010s. I've wrapped them up all into one bow. So this is kind of a big list. I have a big honorable mention list because there was some great action movies in the 2000s and 2010s. And I got my top 10. I got my favorites, man. And and a lot of people are going to disagree. Uh, and that's fine. Um, but once again, like my, you know, place in the movie high is the feeling I had. I remember the feelings that I have when I watch these movies. Um, so I'll start it off with, with you know, giving some honorable mentions, some great action movies of the 2000s. Um and I will start this off by saying, rest in peace to Paul Walker. Um, I was not a fan of Fast and the Furious. Uh, I just wasn't. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I did, I, I got it. Like I understood, you know, the purpose of the movie, but I just thought it was executed so poorly. You know, and I'm not, I wasn't a fan. I was a huge fan of Vin Diesel and Saving Private Ryan. I thought, you know, after watching him in that movie, I thought he was really going to blow up. And he did, of course um i like he just he was he wasn't in the movie you know he i think he was the first person to die in Saving private ryan uh but he was so endearing his character was so awesome all of them were it was a great great movie um that did not make this list uh, i don't really consider that action even though you know it's a war movie um but uh you know he was really good in that movie and and i just didn't i didn't get the Fast and the Furious and then Too Fast came out um and I thought that one I actually thought that one was better I liked Tyrese um you know in, in Too Fast and Paul Walker just never did it for me I thought he was he reminded me of like Keanu he he was so monotone you know I felt like in all his movies he was playing the exact same guy uh saying the exact same thing at the exact same cadence and there was nothing different about uh you know what he brought to the table and I, I felt the same way about Keanu Reeves you know throughout his career as well uh and I lumped them to into you know a box and then 2006 Running Scared came out and that and that I think that was before uh Fast Five which was my favorite Fast movie of them all um and that came out and it just changed my my thought thoughts on him. It really did. Like it was that was an amazing running scared. Uh, you know, he stars he stars as like a, a lackey, um, you know, low level uh, you know, criminal for a drug boss who he ends up being like a double A, like he ends up being like an FBI agent. Uh, but it just, it's a day in the life of this guy. Like when he, when he ends up killing somebody, he's trying to get rid of a gun. Uh, and it, it, it just, it goes into left field. There's some scenes in running scared, you know, that involve a child and like the, these weird people who like, it, it is a wacky movie. Uh, his wife, I can't remember the actress who played his wife in the movie. It was, it was a tight movie. Like it, it it just it did so much in so little time, and it had you invested in every single character in this movie. Great movie, not to be confused with the nineteen eighty six's Running Scared, starring Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal, which was on my eighties, you know, action list. Um, But Running Scared, starring Paul Walker, is a great. It was a really good movie, Um, and it came out of left field, and it made me think of because he just he was dynamic in that movie he did a little bit of everything he showed every emotion and i thought that was cool and that that took that got me out of that uh you know uh paul walker is a terrible actor box and i I really did i used to i used to ride hard on paul walker i mean everything he would do i would just dunk on it and it was bad uh you know luckily i didn't have my podcasting because i would just it would just be segments of just you know why paul walker sucks and all right rest in peace to him i mean uh the fast movies really they turned it around like they really did with uh with fast and the furious the you know not the fast and the furious oh it was the fast and the furious the part four and then fast five just just took the the franchise into a whole nother stratosphere uh, and you know, that's part of 2000 action. And the same thing goes for Vin Diesel, right? Um, he, in 2003, a man apart, uh, that started Vin Diesel and it had Lorenz Tate in it. And, you know, Vin Diesel, I talk like this, you know, I'm really a i can see in the dark you know pitch black i didn't didn't really dig it chronicles the riddick riddick like these were some hokey movies and he just got off it it was almost like you know slas alone and slas alone's a you know a really smart intelligent man uh but by you know because of the way he talks you kind of take that for granted i feel the same way with vin diesel um you know nothing is more important than family like he has this just ridiculous voice uh and you know handsome guy and he just milks that uh you know in these roles where he just has these one-liners i feel like the entire script that he gets are just one-liners triple x everything was a one-liner i don't think he said anything that wasn't a cliche in triple x and then comes a man apart you know he plays DEA, DEA agent or maybe an atf agent Um, that bus you know uh, they arrested a a crime lord's son or something like that and they came and killed his wife and kids um and he just you know he's on this plot of revenge and it was such a deep story and and like i felt like it went so deep into his psyche i I thought that set that movie apart from you know all other revenge movies um and it was a really it was a good movie and i'm a big lorenz tate fan you know i always have been Um, And he was in that movie. And and that was a really, it was just a good movie. Um, You know, there were layers to Vin Diesel. Like, you got to see emotion. And he portrayed that very accurately on the screen. And and I always wonder why he didn't do more, you know, dramatic. You know, it was an action movie, but it was more of a, you know, drama. It was was a a movie about trauma. I mean, this guy lost his family. And, like, how far are you going to go in order to, you know, avenge that? Uh, and it just it it was a you know great movie Uh, I've really enjoyed it it came out of left field I remember watching it um said 2003 so I think I watched that in Korea you know during the I was in Korea they had all these bootleg movies and I would just sit in my room and watch movies and I watched that and 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 it took a lot for me to watch I only watched it because Lorenz Tate was in it and uh, you know, Vin Diesel blew me away because he, he just—it was just a deep movie. Um, some other another B-cut that I that I definitely watched in Korea um, that surprised me action-wise was *Equilibrium*, starring Christian Bale, star Tay Diggs. Um, you know, gun fu. This is like *Matrix* time frame um you know matrix reloaded matrix rev- revolutions and then this small you know movie comes out equilibrium um and i think it was made by orion who who had done like um robocop blood sport things of that nature and this was just this frenetic kinetic just action you know thriller slash mystery it was it was an it was an intense movie experience Um, for what it was in 2002 christian bale was very christian bale i think that was one of the reasons why they cast him in batman um was you know of course you know patrick bateman too but uh you know this was this was just a, a very unique movie that i feel like everybody should see you know everybody should have seen then In order to see where we are now, as far as when it comes to action, because you know it's dated now, but it's a good movie to go back and watch. I watched the trailer of it, and I was like, man, I really enjoyed this. The trailer was so hokey, and it looked so old. I hate saying that, but it was—it's true. It just looked—it looked like oh, I don't want to watch this again. But if you haven't watched it, it's a good movie to watch. Another honorable mention, another good action movie in the 2000s, The Rundown. This is when The Rock first was finding his finding his way in Hollywood. You know, he had done The Scorpion King, which wasn't that great. Um, and I think he had done like a, a get not get shorty. I can't remember the name of the movie he'd done where he played a guy like a, a gay uh, bodyguard with, with an afro. Like he was trying to find his footing. So he started taking these these outside roles and i remember vince vaughn was in this movie and he just like it was, it was a unique movie i might look that up um but the rundown uh stifler william scott thomas or william whatever his name is i know his first name's william uh you know and i know him as stifler from american pie he and a rock starring this movie the rundown christopher walkins also in this movie you know they star some guys who go to like uh uh, he's trying to collect a bounty on this rich kid's son, who's played by Stifler. I hate calling him that, but hey, that's just his name. <laughs> uh, and and they end up in this gold mining town in, in El Dorado. They wanted to call it El Dorado, but of course, that that just would have not been that great. Even though the rundown's not a better title, uh, but it was that was a fun action movie. You know, hey, this is thunder, this is lightning. Like great, great, great uh action movie that was a that was a i thought that was a catalyst uh to really build in the i don't think the rock ever was in doubt of you know making it in hollywood he had that look he had the charisma um but the rundown really showed all of that it showed his comedy time, comic timing it showed his you know action chops because i mean he came from the world of wrestling um and you know, showed he could do that physicality, but he could be serious. Like he, he did a little bit of everything in that movie, and it was it was a legit action movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, good times at the theater. I remember seeing that in the theater and thinking it was great uh, because being a wrestling fan, it just you know it really it really uh, was great seeing him get outside of the wrestling ring and and just do some different. Uh, moving on, another big action movie in the two thousand three hundred what what else do you have to say about 300s a lot of dudes a lot of abs uh and a lot of killing uh good movie you know didn't make my top 10 uh you know because you go back and look at it now it's just not that great you know it just surprised you uh and and and, and of course you know Zack snyder with that with that unique style he has you know the colors that he uses uh the hues of, of the shots it just worked I uh, really did. Um, another great uh, 2000s. You know, these are early 2000s. Saw before 2010. Uh, Crank that came out of nowhere. Jason, Jason Statham is is an icon. Uh, anybody who thinks otherwise just doesn't understand movies. Uh, this guy is amazing. He can do anything in a movie. He can play funny guy kick your ass guy a drama you know he can be in a drama if you allow him to be um he can do it all he's an awesome actor i really enjoyed crank it was such a unique premise crank 2 same thing like great just extremely unique premise for jason statham to just kick people's ass a great movie i enjoyed it Uh, Amy Smart was in that movie. She was really good. It it was just, it was a fun time uh, at the movies. I remember going to see both of those movies in the theaters uh, and just having a great time. Uh, Last movie for the 2000s, uh, The Bourne Supremacy. So, The Bourne, you know, trilogy, uh, series of movies, they were a mixed bag for me. uh, Because after the first one, it's like, I know they're going to make more. But they were all the exact same movies. Uh, they really were. None of them did anything, you know, unique or, or different to separate them. It was Jason Bourne. You know, he lost his memory, and there were a bunch of agents who were who were set up to go kill him from the Treadstone project. That's the premise of every single Bourne movie, other than the Bourne Legacy where there was a different agent from the Treadstone project that was, you know... Uh, there, there were other agents triggered to go kill him. Like, it, it was the same movie. And the only reason I put The Bourne Supremacy in there is because that movie had one of the greatest fight scenes I remember seeing. Uh, it was... Jason Bourne was getting chased by, by a, uh, an agent. And they crashed into an apartment. They had a fight inside of a bathroom. It was like... These guys were maybe like a foot away from each other and they did more in that small space than I could do in, you know, an open boxing ring or, or, or the octagon. Like it was it was one of the best fight scenes. I remember ever seeing, because in the theater, I was like, I was so invested in this thing. It, it's like they're fighting in a bathroom, and it was a small, it was like a half bath. It was like a toilet in there, and they're just like, I mean, they're just like boxing each other. And it it was such a great action scene. I had to put that uh, on the list because of that action scene in itself. And, you know, the Jason Bourne movies, they all had this really... Kinetic and frenetic, like it was. It was the way they shoot their fight scenes. It seems like there's so much going on. I would love to see like them actually filming it, because I feel like there's like not much going on, but because of all the camera cuts and everything, so fast. But it's kind of like car chases. You know, you see those car chases, you think they're going like 90 miles per hour when they're doing like 20. Like, and it's because of the edit. It's because of the post cuts. Uh, it just makes it seem like more is going on, and I felt like that with the Jason Bourne fights um, and and they were all good movies. don't get me wrong, but it like I said the, you've seen one you've seen them all um, you know they just they they not nah, just didn't do it uh just didn't do it for me moving into the two thousand tens got I got a few uh, a few honorable mentions uh, the expendables you know for obvious reasons you know it brought all the action 80s action stars you know uh and they put it all in one movie and it was just a fun ride man it was a fun ride it was a lot of violence a lot of action. all of the expendable movies and i hear they're they're making a new one uh they got a new one coming out um i will go see that of course i've seen all of them i i felt like they've gotten progressively worse um and i'm pretty sure four will be no different um another another in all of these movies in 2010 they're all like these you know i call them posse cuts you know the team will be eight the 18 uh the A-Team had no right being good but it brought together you know you had rampage in there you had a uh shari uh shari copley the guy from uh, district nine he was in there uh you had bradley cooper who i who i think is amazing Uh, and then you had liam neeson uh and a team was really like i'm really upset that it didn't get more love because i thought it was just a fun movie i thought it it was wacky it was hokey it was kooky uh just like the 80s show uh and it was just a good time you know B.A. Barack, you had to put them, up uh, put them asleep before you put him on a plane like it, it was just it was a great movie every character you know played their part perfectly and I just didn't understand why I didn't connect I like it, it maybe I, I where was I when this came out 2010 I think I was in Germany um and and I don't under I I, I really don't understand why it didn't connect with audiences. I would love for somebody to tell me why they didn't like the A-Team or they that they didn't like the 18. I thought it was just I thought it was fun. Uh, another uh, movie that came out of left field, Red, starring Bruce Willis. You know, you had Morgan Freeman, you had uh, a <laughs> uh, Helen Mirren. All of these were uh John Malkovich, who's amazing in these movies, both both Red and Red Two uh john malkovich is just amazing um great i mean they i i read that they were comic book movies um they stem from a comic and it was just a fun like it was such a fun movie such a great movie about retired hitmen or retired uh cia agents and, and you know just trying to live normal lives and of course they can't because you know they know too much or whatever the case may be just really fun Helen Mirren's great in all both of the movies uh, those are just really fun you know action movies and of course this is you know Bruce Willis who recently retired uh you know he he was still in his in his bag uh, and and it just it was a I enjoyed both of those movies. I would have loved you know for them to make a third one, um, you know they both just good movies. Both you know and and the second one, while it wasn't as great as the first one, it it built on that world and it just it it you know had Sir Anthony Hopkins in it and it was just a good good feel good time at the movies and and both of those movies did really well at the box office um and i was surprised they didn't make a third one uh anyway so we're gonna jump into the top 10 my top 10 action movies of the 2000s uh and the 2010s um and and this is an eclectic group of movies and most of these movies, when like I consider action, it's like martial, like, you know, a lot of people get their ass whooped in these movies. Um, and before I go on, and I and, and while I was doing research, uh, you know, I look at IMDb, all these movies. There was a movie that was uh, absent from every list, and I have to look up when this movie was made. Now, I'm 99% sure it was made in 2000. Hannah. Hannah starring Eric Banner. It had um, Kate Winslet, not Kate Winslet, Kate Blanchett uh, and Soren Rowan. Uh, Hannah, they remade it into a TV show on on Amazon Prime. Um, You know, it's about a young girl who was born to kill pretty much. Uh, You know, she was trained from birth. Uh, to defend herself to to survive in any environment how to fight how to kill um by her dad you know but they had escaped some some project almost like jason Bourne, um and she and her father gets killed early in the movie or at least she thinks he gets killed and you know she's out there fending for herself and she just wants to be a, a teenage girl and of course. You know, the people in charge of this project want to erase her or want to use her to be the killer machine that she was born to be. Um, and it just takes her to, you know, uh, different parts of the world. And she meets a family. She meets a teenage girl and they become friends. And she learns what it is to be a teenage girl. You know, she meets a little boy, you know, has her first crush. It, it's a really solid Kate Kate Blanchett was great in this movie. Um you know the ty- Hannah, she was great. I wish I, I, wish I knew how to say her name. Um, she's gone on to become a great young actress. Um, but this was, it, this was a, a movie that came out of left field. Should not have been a, as great as it was, and it just was. And she kicked all types of ass, man. Like I don't remember which year this is. Uh, this movie was made, but I, I know it was made in the 2000s. It, it had to have been. Um, but yeah, Hannah was great. Great movie. I, I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, it would, it did not crack my top ten, even though you know, uh, yeah, it it, it could have, but it doesn't. Cause once once I go into my top ten, it, there's specific reasons for all of these movies to be there, um, and they all do something very unique, um, and they're all great. And they're all equally just fantastic. So we're going to start with number 10, Unleashed. Unleashed was made in 2008, starring Jet Li, Morgan Freeman, uh, Bob Hoskins. Uh, So why does Jet Li, uh, why does Unleashed work? Unleashed, a lot of people didn't like the movie. They thought it was hokey. They thought it was, you know, the premise was just ridiculous. Um, But most movies premises are ridiculous. Um, Jet Li uh was you know found by bob hoskins and bred to do his bidding he was treated like a dog from you know the time he was young uh he was just pretty much raised like like a people i mean like a fight dog like you know uh you know a dog fighter they they breed their dogs um and they they breed them to fight like they they teach them how to fight they they feed them like you know raw meat so they're always ready to to pounce and that's how he raised Jet Lee from youth you know had him with a collar on when he would took and when he took the collar off Jet Lee would just whip ass like only Jet Lee can um and you know, Jet Li ended up getting away and he, he meets Morgan Freeman who teaches him, you know, how to be a normal human being, you know, and and in the mix of that, of course, Bob Hoskin and his thugs are trying to find him and Jet Li just whips everybody's ass. The end. Like, it is, it, it's a simple plot, but I thought it worked because it was something unique for Jet Li. Like, in Jet Li movies, you know, he would usually have five or six lines he would usually just kick everybody's ass, and there was no substance, there was no heart to it, and I thought Morgan Freeman brought a lot of that heart, uh, which, he, of course, he did, and he brought a lot of levity. I was like, Morgan Freeman's in a Jet Li movie? Like, it, it just really, he brought that gravice to that movie uh, and gave it a lot of credibility that it would not have had had it had anybody else in it, um, and it just worked, and Jet Li just whipped ass, because, I mean, Jet Li was just... Uh, in the 2000s Jet Li was in rare form man i mean he he was just in a different level when it came to action and that movie it just a good i i really enjoyed that movie i thought it was i thought it was fantastic i thought it worked the way it was supposed to work um and and it it made me feel everything that the director wanted the audience to feel uh moving on to number 9 a movie that came uh, out of left field although it didn't come out of left field Hollywood has this habit of, of like making the same movie by different studios so that year 2013 uh, White House Down came out with Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx and that movie was just not as good as this one Olympus is Fallen um, they've gone on to make you know two sequels and both of them the, the second one you know London is Fallen was, was okay uh, but the original, like Olympus is Fallen, the reason why that one makes this list was how violent it was like White House Down was like fun Channing Tatum makes fun movies it was an action movie, it was it was die hard in the White House so to speak um, but in Olympus is Fallen man, Gerard Butler was just violent like the his kills were like hard kills like he beat the crap out of these guys um and i think it really stemmed from my number one movie which i'll talk about later um but there was there was just a wave of this ultra violent uh style of movie um that that really you know just took it to the next level and olympus has fallen is is it it took that i mean Cause I remember going to see White House Down, and then going to see like, cause, and I thought it was okay. I, you know, uh, I thought it was an okay action movie. Uh, but then going to see Olympus is Fall, I remember like jumping in my seat from some of the ways he just killed these dudes, man. Like I mean, he went hard, uh, and it was it was a good action movie. It was it was a, it it was extreme. Like I felt like it, it you know, it went it went to eleven. Uh, some of those kills that he had in that movie, uh, and I just didn't see it coming. You know, I thought it was going to be you know a, a PG 13 action movie, and it was rated R uh, for you know just the way he was uh, bodying some of them. We got some of those guys. Uh, great movie. Um, moving on to my number eight, 2008. Um, Liam Neeson revives his career with Taken. Once again. I wanna say I I had no intention of watching Taken. You know, I I didn't think Liam Neeson was an action star. And I think that I saw someone else watching it. Um and and I saw maybe a scene and I was like, Oh, okay, this 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 looks like this would be, you know, something I can watch when I'm not working. Um and I watched it one night and I was blown away because once again, they took the vile. Like, I thought it was going to be a standard, you know, guy loses a daughter, he's going to go find her. But the way that Liam Neeson, you know, went into the underground and whipped everybody's ass, like when he said he had a particular set of skills, I didn't believe him. Just like that caller on the other end of the phone, I thought to myself, this old guy, you know, is gonna go somewhere he's gonna he's gonna use his his influence <laughs> to get his daughter back nope he used his skills he used those particular set of skills to to boy i mean he had them all and it in that revived his career he once again memory that's why this would have tied into memory you know he's gone on the next you know 20 years making these action movies he, oh, he's probably in his 60s you know uh making these action movies as the old guy who can really whip your ass um taken two and taken three were terrible um you know taken three in particular was just like i felt like they just cut together you know five different movies and and just cut it into one movie to make taken three it was that movie should have never be made. I understand why they made it um but that movie should should have never been made. Um, but the original taken once again came out of nowhere and it just worked. Liam Neeson made you believe that he really had those set of skills and he used them. great action movie. We're gonna move on to number seven uh one of my one of my you know, it's an action movie, but I feel like this is this is this is my favorite Denzel movie of all time. Man on Fire, John Creasy, you know, a very conflicted, you know, uh, ex killer, so to speak. You know, Christopher Walken's in it. Uh, Christopher Walken, one of my favorite actors of all time, um, and Dakota Fanning, Mark Anthony, uh, just top-notch movie uh it it's not as action-packed as any of the movies on my list but i just cannot not put this movie on the list because it was just great it was made in 2004 um the style of the movie just is what really drew me more to it um and denzel of course being denzel uh which by the way he is making equalizer 3 which is coming out next year equalizer could have made this list uh, equalizer 2 probably should have made this list but it did not um but man on fire which is just one of my it, it, it is my favorite denzel movie uh, i can watch that at any time it's such a it's such a unique story um that comes from such a good place i feel like uh just set in a world of extreme violence you know Uh, And it just it it just works. One of one of my faves. Uh, That's why it's number seven. Uh, Moving to number six, if you've listened to this podcast, uh, you know, I love me a good Groundhog's Day movie. And Edge of Tomorrow, you know, live, die, repeat, whatever, whatever title you want to call it. Uh, Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt, who is 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 perhaps one of the most underrated actresses. Of all time, Emily Blunt is fantastic. I love her and everything she does, uh, and this is no different. Edge of Tomorrow, Tom Cruise, you know, uh, an army officer who who oversteps his bounds uh, and gets put in a grunt's lifestyle, and he goes out there and inadvertently kills like the queen of this alien invasion. Uh, and the aliens, come to find out, have the ability to reset time or, or relive, you know, rewind time a day or whatever, whatever the the, the, uh, the time frame was for the aliens. Uh, and this is how they conquered all these different planets. You know, this is how they conquered worlds. Uh, because they would fight. They would probably lose the first time. And then they would adapt. And then they would then... in in essence conquer and that's why they seem so advanced. you know at the beginning of the movie and Tom Cruise, this character, uh, you know killed one of them and he uh, ingested uh, or got their blood on him, which in turn gave him that ability. So he relived the same day over and over again, dying in all of these in you know very inventive ways. Uh, you know, with this team of, of, of characters. And Emily Blunt's character played the hero Verdun, uh, of Verdun. Verdun. Uh, she had, you know, conquered the aliens at some other point. So she had those same powers, but she lost them. Uh, once you get a blood transfusion, you lose the powers. Uh, and, you know, the movie just goes on. Uh, And it just reaches its crescendo, which the ending wasn't as great as the lead up to it. Uh, It's just a good movie. Uh, Very funny. Very uh, just a unique, uh, unique movie. And it it didn't do as well as they wanted it to do, but it did well. And I think it was because they changed the title like eight times. Uh, But but uh, I thought it was probably one of Tom Cruise's best movies. Um, and and I enjoyed it. Good movie, Edge of Tomorrow came out in 2015. Check that one out uh, if you haven't. If you haven't checked that movie out, it, it's a movie you should watch. Same with the next movie, the next movie, uh, Serenity. So I've never seen an episode of Firefly, but Josh Whedon, uh, you know, made this show that show aired on Fox in the you know late 90s, early 2000s, uh, Firefly. Never watched it. It only lasts for one season. Um, and I know I watched this movie in hold up, 2002. So I had to watch this movie but, uh, after I got back from, from uh, OIF. Uh, 2003, 2000, 2004 time frame. Uh, and and <clears throat> I didn't know who Chiwetel Edge 4 was at the time um but i just know that i gravitated to his character because of his acting um you know in these sci-fi movies i've never really seen a black villain you know usually there aren't black people in these sci-fi movies to be totally honest um and i thought it was unique that he was a villain and he was awesome he he is perhaps one of you know, the greatest actors of this generation. Um, but he's not what made Serenity great. What made Serenity great was, um, the young actress who played, uh, uh, man, I, I wish I, I could, I just drew a blank. I cannot remember this, this, uh, actress's name. Uh, but I thought she was going to be a bigger deal than she was. Uh, Summer Blau. There you go. That's her name. Summer Blau. Um, but she she played a, a stowaway on the ship serenity um and you know she held the key to you know uh turning the universe's fortunes around like everything was down and and there was a you know major conglomerate pretty much oppressing you know much of the universe or at least the universe in this movie um and she held some of the secrets and there were people Edge Edgeford character was trying to catch her and kill her and she was out to stop him and and she's a young girl and you know when they find her and there's a particular scene where you know this this ragtag crew of, of of space pirates almost um they're in a bar or something and they have them cornered and she just like blacks out and she just goes into whip ass mode and she just, I mean, just murders these people in, in some, some crazy ways. You have this like small 14 year old girl who just goes into beast mode and just, you know, just pretty much kills everybody. And then, then the plot thickens, so to speak, great action movie, really funny lot of heart like a lot of people said you have to watch the show i never watched the show and i still enjoy the movie um i wish that they they'd uh nathan fillion plays the captain like he he is uh you know a cult hero everyone loves some nathan fillion for some strange reason uh and he played the captain of, of the serenity uh great movie if you haven't watched that movie, I would really say it is, it is a great, great action movie. Um, and just a great movie, great sci fi movie. Uh, not low budget, uh, really decent budget. Uh, and it just works. Um, next movie, number four Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So, why is Mr. and Mrs. Smith on this list? Because it's damn good you know the scene where they fight each other uh this this movie stars brad pitt angelina jolie uh as two spies who didn't know they were both they were both spies for competing agencies uh one for you know i guess a predominantly male agency the other one for a predominantly female agency and they find out that you know they're both spies and both of them think that they're the evil spy you know like And it is just fun. It's such a fun movie. I I saw that movie in the theater. um, And it was just, it it was, I mean, you have two of the most attractive people on the planet, uh, you know, playing these very uh, unique and, and different characters. And it just, it worked so well. It was a lot of action, a lot of comedy. Uh, it was more of a comedy to me than it was an action movie uh, because of the plot. and they they tried this with so many different movies. They had the killers, you had night and day. Um, and none of them worked as well as Mr. and Mrs. Smith. They, I mean, they really tried. They tried it with all these different you know groups of attractive actors and actresses. Uh, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith just worked. Uh, just the the way it was shot Every everything about it worked great action movie one of my favorites uh, and that's why it's number 4 uh, number 3 Kill Bill Volume 1 not to say Volume 2 wasn't great but Kill Bill Volume 1 upped the ante when it came to action uh, it's a Tarantino movie so you know it's dialogue heavy there has to be you know the the and there were some quirky characters you had Daryl Hannah you had Michael Ro- like the assassins themselves are like you know this eclectic group of killers and you know if you don't know the story Uma Thurman plays the bride she's one of the killers uh and you know she got away she was trying to get married and bill played <laughs> by uh uh david caradine or yeah david Carradine uh played bill uh and she was trying to get married in el paso uh and he comes in with his killers and they, they essentially kill her but of course she's the bride and she just doesn't die beatrix kiddo Uh, one of the greatest uh, action heroes heroines uh, of all times Uh, she doesn't die and one by one she goes and kills you know all of these people who are wronged her and she does them all in different styles that which is what i really loved about the movie is how each killer you know there was a different movie style to you know that the story that was told you know uh the story that they told of lucy Lou you know the animation which i thought was amazing uh that animated pro prologue of lucy Lou's character and then you know the fight that those two have that that you know uh carousel uh style duel of swords uh which was great um you know just everything about kill bill you know when she goes and kills uh vivica fox is one of the killers uh and the daughter they always said they wanted to make a sequel where the daughter grows up to to find her and they want Zendaya to play the daughter which would be absolutely awesome by the way uh but yeah that that it it was lightning in the bottle please don't do it again don't make a kill bill three don't make a kill bride don't do that Please don't do that. Uh, volume one and volume two worked. Uh, volume two, the way it ended, I did not. I didn't enjoy the, the ten minutes of dialogue. Uh, you know, before uh, before she ultimately did kill Bill. Um, but yeah, it, it just Kill Bill volume one was the best to me. Uh, you know, the the Vivica Fox fight, the the crazy 88s It was just great. Great, great, great start. I remember being salivating to see part two, and then you know, part two happened and I just wasn't that impressed with the second part. But anyways, moving on to my number two action movie, and this movie, once again, like I started, you know, the podcast off, I was not a fan of Paul Walker, rest in peace. I was not a fan of Keanu Reeves. I've, I've like i love bill and ted don't get me wrong um but he he is just like perhaps and, and i've heard the stories of how great of a human he is the, the, like this has nothing to do uh with his humanity this has nothing to do with who he is as a person uh this is just all that i see on the screen from him is whoa I can't like he is the most monotone uh tone deaf actor that I've ever seen on a screen, and that's why he works so well as John Wick that is why that is honestly one of the reasons why I think John Wick works so well. He is an amazing action star period John Wick is this extremely. Flawed character who killed A guy with a pencil A fucking pencil One of the greatest lines Like (laughs) like, Oh man Uh, You know Baba Yaga You know uh, uh, Just John Wick just changed A lot in Hollywood Uh, There was a lot There were a lot of John Wick wannabes They created a universe In like 15 minutes You know, the initial scenes of the movie, they created this universe that just changed everything like it was universe building to a at another level. And you are intrigued because you wanted to be part of this. I want to have gold coins so I can give somebody a gold coin and they know what I do. They know, you know, they know my work. And they just get to... They do their work. You know, this guy killed like 20 people in his house. And gives this guy like five gold coins. And and like the cop knows who he is. Like everybody knows who he is. and John Wick just works on such a, a just amazing level. And Keanu Reeves was the perfect person for this movie. Perfect. Now, we can talk about... John Wick 2 was great. John Wick 3... Eh, not a big Halle Berry fan didn't really enjoy Halle Berry in this movie but I get why she's there like you know Lawrence Fishburne you know the Fisher King or whatever his name the Bowery King all of these different common was in uh John Wick 2 you had a uh, Ruby Rose uh was in John Wick 2 who I thought was amazing she was really great in that movie um uh, just just John Wick Like, if you've never seen John Wick 1 2 or 3 watch the first one first but watch this movie it is just amazing he wasn't a superhero he got his ass whipped in this movie uh, but he just went for it all because you know a punk kid wanted a car and killed his dog you know killed his dog and, and John Wick went and took down, like, an underworld, you know, crime syndicate. Uh, And it it is just fantastic, man. So I gush over John Wick because I just thought it it came out of nowhere. I didn't see it in the theater uh, because, once again, I'm not a Keanu Reeves fan. And I heard about this movie. I heard about it, and I'm like, man, maybe I need to check this out. And it came out, you know, on on, uh, Apple Uh, Apple TV or it came out streaming And I bought it And I just was like Holy What (laughs) Like man it was fantastic Great 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 movie Uh, One of my favorite Action movies of all time period Uh, But It ain't number one on my list 2011 I was in Germany and uh i heard about this movie and i completely mistook what it was um and i'm talking about the raid redemption so there was like a 80s movie the great raid i thought it was like a world war 2 movie uh, and then i see like the cover art and i'm like this ain't a world war 2 movie like It's a building, a guy in front of a building, right? And I said, let me see what this is about, man. Let me check this out. So I looked at the preview. Preview looked pretty legit. And uh, I wanted to check out what the Raid Redemption was all about. Um, So I bought it on iTunes. And for two hours or however long it ran, I was sweating. Like, it starts off, you know, fairly, fairly by the numbers. You know, a group of cops are going into this building. Uh, this is the one that got some information um, that, you know, this crime law was going to be at his weakest state. And they were going to surprise him. Uh, and they had to do everything, had to go right at the right time in order to take out this crime boss. Um Everything, of course, does not go right. Um, and the group of cops get trapped in this building. Um, you know, ran the entire building, like a seven, eight story building. You know, they're trapped in there. Uh, all of the cops on the outside get killed. And this group of cops, cops get trapped on the inside and they have to survive. And spoiler alert all of them die, with the exception of one. Um, and how we get there, how we get to the depths, uh, you know, Iwo, Iwo Kwai, I think that's his name. He has become like a, a you know, he's going to be in the Expendables 4. Uh, he's been in some of those Fast and the Furious movies. This guy is electric. Uh, everyone, it's an Indonesian movie. Um, this movie, I... The final fight scenes, I was out of breath watching the final fight scenes. There's a scene um, where, you know, the main character, and come to find out his brother is one of the guys who works for the main bad guy. Um, They fight this other guy, and this guy is a pit bull, man. And he, they're fighting inside this deep freezer. And he is handed, and everyone in this movie is a skill fighter. But this guy, it just would not quit, man. He's like the main bad guy's top henchman. He's his head of security and he wears these two dudes out. It took everything for these guys to to finish him and he is just amazing. Uh, This movie is amazing, Uh, man. I, I, I couldn't, like, if you've never seen The Raid Redemption, just sit down and watch it. They have a dubbed version, they have, you know, uh, and they have a subtitle version. I've watched the subtitle version first, uh, and then I've seen the dubbed version. Uh, this movie's fantastic, man. It, it is just, if you want to watch two hours of somebody kicking other people's ass, watch The Raid Redemption. Uh, the kills are violent. They are very it is, it is a violent movie. And that's when I said Olympus is Fall. I think they took a lot from this movie. Um, I mean, they're broken bones. There's a lot of like stabbings. Like they're in a movie that's not like it, the beginning of the movie, there's a lot of gunfire. And at first, I was like, man, this is going to be a quick movie. If everybody's just firing automatic weapons inside this building, there's going to be a lot of, like, you know, shotgun deaths, you know, M16 deaths, whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, it starts out with a lot of gunplay, and then they lose the guns, and it's just this guy, you know, fighting with anything that he can find uh, to to make his way to finish his mission, you know? and he does <laughs> there's there's some plot twist in there uh there's, there's layers to it uh and the Raid redemption just fantastic movie they they made a second part rate the raid 2 which is just not as great to me uh starring the cop the cop you know is, is a hero within this section uh, and he goes undercover in the part two but but part one man they they uh tried to redo it you know with dread uh dread you know the judge dread movie that came out you know maybe a year or two later where he's in the building and he you know he he goes he has to make his way to the top it's like pretty much fighting levels in the the video game um that didn't work as well even though that was that was a solid movie too starring carl urban urban um but uh this movie man, they they wanna remake it. Please don't. Don't please don't remake it. Don't don't you know don't don't. You can't you can't remake this movie. You could do a shot for shot and, and it's not gonna feel like it felt, you know, watching this movie. Like they they I, I've heard them grumbling about remaking this movie for years. Uh and it's just not worth it. Um but that's my number one action movie uh of the 2000s loved it rave redemption i will always gush about this movie because it is just action personified i feel this way about how i feel about the killer uh you know when it comes to to action movies of the 90s and 80s uh yeah it, it's it's on a different level man it really is it's on it's on a different level the greatest. it's perhaps the greatest action movie i've ever seen one of them you know it was in my top three faction movies uh but up the 2000s yeah yeah it it does it does it man it does it uh, so those are my 2000 action movies. And before I end this podcast, I just want to say next week, next Thursday, 9:45, I have my ticket to go see Doctor Strange in the Multitude of uh, the Multiverse of Madness. I am so excited. There's nothing that's gonna stop me from going to see this movie. I'm gonna be. Oh, I got the next day off. Oh, yeah. Got the next day off. I can sleep in after I go see this. It's going to be a long one. I'm probably going to get out of the movie there like 2 a.m. or some craziness like midnight, 1 a.m. I'm going to do my ride home review and then I'm going to come home and talk about the state of Marvel because I know it's going to change everything. We're going to talk about thor you know uh love and thunder we're going to talk about the guardians of the galaxy we're going to talk about captain marvel we're going to talk about the marvels uh moon night would have ended um i'm going to talk about moon night and i'm going to talk about how that series has really yeah they're going to have to redeem themselves if you haven't been watching moon night it is it's interesting that's what <laughs> that's what i will say it's an interesting series uh, for Marvel. Isaac uh Oscar Isaac is fantastic in this series. Uh but yeah, the episode 6 is going to have to bring it back, man. Like I I it had me in episode 1 and it kind of lost me in between. and episode 6 which I heard is going to have the longest runtime of any Marvel show. Um it's going to ha- man it's going to have to it's going to have to save it cuz it, it's been you know, I get weird, but it's been a little too weird, as they say. Uh, so I'm going to talk about Moon Knight. we we'll talk about Doctor Strange. I want to talk about the future of March Marvel movies on the next podcast. I hope you check it out when it drops. On that note, I'm going to end it. Have a great weekend. Go see Memory tell me how it is drop me a ride home review and enjoy doctor strange oh yeah next next week is mother's day don't forget that get your mother some